Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you for joining me for another really inspiring conversation. You know, if you've been listening for me for a while, or if you're tuning in for the very first time, I first of all want to welcome and hope, hope, welcome you. Hope you'll be back and be listening on a regular basis. And this show really is the opportunity to inspire you to um, really expand your horizons, I would say, to um, introduce you to uh, spiritual traditions, people who have inspirational journeys, wisdoms to share, and really to remind us of who we are and how we are all connected to the source of love. And that's really the true power that we all embrace. And are we? And we are all getting to reconnect within this lifetime. So that's really what this Love Code program is for. That's what I see as its purpose. So uh, again, thanks for joining me. And uh, all of my shows do get archived. And if you miss any of them or would like to catch up on previous shows, as well as listening to the other podcast I do on Progressive Radio Network, which is called What Women Must Know, you can always go to uh, Podbean which has archived all the shows, and that's an easy way to get all the shows. Or you can always go to my website, which is drcherylselman.com. Opt in there, and I send them out to you every week. So I hope you'll be coming back and continuing the journey of our own exploration and transformation. So speaking of transformation, I have a um, very special guest who will be sharing this hour. And he is calling us all the way from Romania. I'm talking to Howard G. Charing, and um, I, I titled this um, this conversation um, like this, <laughs> The Unlikely Life of an English Computer Geek Who Became a Visionary Artist and Shaman. And Howard, I hope that's okay with you, but you have an amazing transformational story, and that's kind of how I want to pique people's curiosity. So let me just share a little bit about Howard. So Howard T. Charing was born in London and lived in the Netherlands, the USA, and Peru. He worked in the computer industry from 1970 to 1991. He quit the industry following an elevator crash in which he suffered serious injuries, a broken neck, and severe spinal damage. In this accident, he had a near-death experience and transformed his life as a result. This accident closed the door to his quote-unquote, normal, prosaic life. However, new doors leading to exploration and adventure opened. Over the last 30 years, he has become acknowledged as an international workshop leader on shamanism, an author, and visionary artist. For over 20 years, he has worked with some of the most respected and extraordinary shamans and elders in the Andes, the Amazon forest, and the Philippines. He has run training and development courses on behalf of the prestigious Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and for many years worked with the Eagles Wing Center for Contemporary Shamanism, one of the foremost training organizations in Europe. In 2016, Howard organized the first major conference in East Europe, Sumiruna, I believe it's called Sumiruna Awakenings, dedicated to visionary consciousness. This conference featured luminaries such as Graham Hancock, Dennis McKenna, and Jan Poonin, plus others. Howard's books are The Amazonian Angel Oracle, The Ayahuasca Visions of Pablo Amaringo, 
the accidental shaman and plant spirit shamanism. He is a visionary artist and holds workshops on shamanism and shamanic healing. And his latest creation is the Amazonian Angel Oracle, which is a 33-card deck and guidebook published by Inner Traditions and inspired by the visionary art and wisdom of Pablo Amaringo. And I have to say, it's an extremely beautiful oracle deck. And um, I, I really love my deck that I received. So um, welcome, Howard, to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you on the Love Code. And um, we have such an interesting show ahead of us. Yeah, thank you very much, Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess the best place to start, and I always like to ask my guests to begin with their personal journey. And you've had such a profound transformational experience and journey that truly um, set you off on a totally different life than you were leaving, living, but not, you know, a, a, a journey that was challenging at first, obviously, having such an injury. So let's, 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 let's talk a little bit about that, that, that journey you've been on, Howard, and, and what happened to you in this, you know, this, this, this lifetime of discovering your true self, your true purpose. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you mentioned it really uh, in the introduction, but yeah, the lift, the lift crash, the elevator crash was, was something uh, uh, it was, it was one of the most strangest experiences I've ever had in my life, probably the most strangest experience, because uh, the lift is falling down, the elevator is falling down. Sorry, I use the English thing, lift, instead of elevator. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and in that, time stopped. I mean, time absolutely stopped, and, and, I, and I was gone. I, was, I wasn't here anymore. I left my body. I was somewhere. And, um, and then I, I'm still conscious, still aware, still thinking. I'm not in my body. I'm somewhere. And uh, no, I don't want to die because I knew I was going to die, and that realization I was going to die in this this crash uh, instigated kind of the, the experience. And um, and then I'm back in my body after deciding no, I don't really want to die. I'm back in my body, and uh, I'm thinking, what do I do now? And uh, I thought, I know. I've seen it in the cartoons. I'll jump up in the air. So when the elevator bottom hits the hits hits, hits the the thing below, uh, up in the air. Of course, I tried, but you can't move because I realised by I realised later, um, physics is obviously not my my, my forte. Um, you can't move because you're in free fall too. You're in free fall. You have the box around you, but you're in free fall, so you can't move. And um, and then I realised I knew exactly what to do. That's the magic thing. I knew exactly what to do. So I reached into my pocket, took out my um, my tissues, and shoved my tissues in, jammed them in my teeth and my mouth. And then went into a crouch, and as soon as I had done that, um, uh, the elevator smashed into the bottom, down below the basement. And uh, and the first thing that happened was my lower jaw smashed against my upper jaw, really, really, really hard. And um, if my tongue was anywhere near that, that would have been chopped off. So just knowing to put the tissues in the mouth was was, was kind of magical. And going into a crouch, that that really saved my life because uh, the injuries I had would have been much more severe if I was just standing up. So that, that was a kind of a magical, miracle moment. But time stopped. And all this is happening. All this is happening. Um, I felt like I'd loads of time. So there was no time. And, uh, yeah, I'll do this. I'll try this. I'll, I'll, I'll look at that and so on. And it was just in seconds. I mean, the elevator's uh, falling down at um, 
terminal velocity, 11.7 meters a second. That's fast. Yeah, for me, time stopped. And, uh, mm. and I knew exactly what to do um, to save my life and to save, my, save everything, really. And, um, and that was magic. And, but I was really injured after that. I was really a bad way. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, was, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sit down. I was, had a special thing around my neck. And, uh, and uh, it was really, really painful. It was a lot of pain. Everything was crushed, my knees, everything. And, um, and um, so I was having lots of treatment. And one day, um, the therapist said to me, um, said to me, something very strange. He said to me, um, Howard, do you want to get better? And this is like a month after the, the accident. And I thought, I didn't say yes right away because I somehow got used to being kind of an kind of invalid, really. And, uh, but I got myself together. I said, yeah, I want to get, get well again. Okay. Then he said, said to me, forgive, forgive all the people that you blame for this accident because it was done by, by, by carelessness and so on, by the maintenance people. And uh, so I gripped my teeth and with all my sincerity, all my force, I forgave them. And as I forgave them, a, a weight of 10 tons lifted from me. It was like a huge weight lifted from me. And from that moment, everything was different. Everything was different. I could, I could see colors and shapes around people. I, I, I was in a different reality, really. It was forgiveness, I think, was the, well, was the key to, to this transformation. And... Uh, Obviously, it took a couple more years before I was, I was, I was uh, could walk, could bend my legs, and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, uh, it changed my life, and and uh, I'm, 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 I've recovered. Now, obviously, I can't do too many crazy things, but uh, yeah, I've recovered. My life is is, is whole again, and uh, but it's a different life, a very different life. And uh, if I was asked if I had the opportunity to go back in time and not step into the elevator. Um, uh, I would probably step into it because because knowing that even all the pain and grief, what would happen from that? And it it was um, um, yeah, my life changed completely. I mean, that's transformation. From that, I started to uh, find out what was going on with me. Why were, why was I seeing these things? Why was I in this beautiful reality? And then uh, I got through spirit stuff with spiritual healing, and then and then suddenly. Met someone who is Leah Rutherford, you know, the founder of the Eagles Wing Shamanism Center, and uh, and, I, and I said to him, "Look at this crazy stuff that's going on." You know, he said, "It's not crazy. It's been around for thousands of years, and it's called shamanism." So right away, I was connected to shamanism, and uh, and uh, and that's my, the beginning of my story. And so it's been hard work. It's been transformation and healing. Go on. It's not something that you do once. It's something that you go deeper and deeper, and layer through layer. And uh, it's been a, it's a beautiful journey. So um, I think that's my transformation mm. story. So b- before that accident happened, were you at a place in your life where you were feeling kind of at a dead end and there was, you know, a sense of, you know, lacking true purpose and meaning? You know, was there was there something brewing within you that, was uh, or maybe stirring within you would be a way to say it. Yeah, something was stirring in me. Um, although I wasn't kind of spiritual in, in the spiritual sense, you know, like uh, I saw it as an essential part of my life. I certainly was uh, uh, the philosophical perspective on life, and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, I was in my thirties when it happened. So yeah, I was, I was still still growing. 
And um, but yeah, my life was a lot of distractions in my life and things too. To on the material world, I had a, had a job, a very high power job, um, and uh, you know, into the material things. I you know, start start a family and so on. So uh, it was more orientated to everyday life. But when the accident happened, then then uh, then uh, that everyday life uh, had to change. I I I couldn't. It wasn't me anymore. It was such a strange experience when suddenly your life changes and uh, and uh, you have to move in a new direction. So uh, it wasn't planned for me. I, I mean, as a person, I didn't plan it, obviously. But um, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a profound journey. And in this journey, uh, what has been gratifying uh, is that so many people uh, have been helped by my journey, by my work, uh, the things that have happened to me. And I describe a lot of this uh, this. This, this experience in the book, which is uh, called The Accidental Shaman, which is part biography and part of stories and anecdotes and experiences. So, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, gratifying, you know. So, what can I, what more can I say, really? Well, uh, you know, when when you have such a radical departure from the known reality that you lived in for the first thirty something years, and suddenly. Um, you, an, an event occurs that a radical event occurs and suddenly it awakens uh, this power, this wisdom, this journey within you that you probably, you know, obviously before this event didn't even know existed. And so it's like, a, in a sense, a rude awakening hour. It's a rude awakening. Reality, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. how how profound, how profound to have been guided along this way. Because were you were you sensitive and psychic before this happened? No, I wasn't. Oh, yeah. One thing about the story about the guy who told me to he said I should forgive. Yeah, I forgot to tell that. Um, he, when I did my forgiveness, I asked him, well, "Where'd that come from?" He said, and he said, what are you talking about? Well, I, I didn't say anything. He had no idea that he told me to forgive. He had no idea, had no memory of it. It was That was also um, <laughs> part of this story, that he had no idea. He said to me, do I want to get well again? Uh, uh, I need to forgive. He had absolutely no memory of that. And uh, so right away, you're in, you're in a different kind of reality here, you know. Definitely. <laughs> Strange things were afoot. <laughs> strange things, strange things, and, and it and it was beautiful. I mean, that weight lifted lifted from me. I mean, it opened up my my psychic awareness, my psychic center. And I remember going home, and I was in a kind of state of bliss, and I was seeing kind of luminescent clouds of glowing fluorescent particles everywhere. And uh, I had no guidance at that time, but uh, but uh, that's why I started to find out what was happening, what was going on. Am I going crazy? What's happening here, you know? And uh, I found out I wasn't going crazy, which is the good news. But uh, it was definitely unsettling. And also the other thing is, as well, when you have an experience like this and, and, and things change and develop, it becomes very hard to communicate this to people you work with and people you know, your friends. So there's also kind of kind of a, a shift in a way from, from people you know in, you, in your life, you know? But you have to find... Um, Kind of people who a different community of people, different mindset of people. So, uh, so it was it was not just a physical uh, shift; it was a shift at many many levels. 
Absolutely. It's like your whole frequency change. But it was like when you're telling that story from your therapist who these words came out of his mouth, right? <laughs> these words from yeah. somewhere came out of his mouth. It's like, um, it was like the magic, the, it's like you, pr- you pressed a magic door, or you know, that opened yeah. that, that was, that was the, the key that opened up a whole new world to you. That yeah, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. So, 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 you know, forgiveness is, uh, is, 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 is a really important thing and, uh, and it's really important to forgive. I learned that, learned that lesson and, uh, I really do my best not to harbour. Though I like, I like the idea that I can hold a grudge, but I, I, I don't hold grudges because, uh, because uh, it, it's, it's, it's a dumb thing to do. You know, the only person you harm is yourself. You know, so. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, everything I've done is, 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 is taught me ways to, to, to live in a better way, and I'm not holding grudges or. I, yeah, I can get angry. Of course, I get angry. Everybody gets angry. So it's normal to get angry, but you don't hold on to the anger. You, you release it in some way. You know, you don't keep it in, and. Uh, and I was very angry with this. With this, uh, it's like they they destroyed my life. Da 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 da. Grudge, grudge, grudge. Anger, anger, anger. And I forgave them. And that was the shift. That was the change. So I recommend to anybody who's listening on 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 your show that if you're angry with somebody, whatever the reason, just forgive them. Forgive them totally. It's not about them. It's about you. So I I just want to stay on this for a moment before we go into the rest of your amazing life and your purpose. But how how did you do that forgiveness? But I mean, people say forgive, but what was it for you? How did you sh- make that shift from feeling victimized to realizing in some way it's all meant to be? What, what did yeah. you do specifically? Well, the forgiveness, as I said, I had to grit my teeth. I had to use all my force. I had to go into my body, my gut, and all the strength I had in me totally, sincerely forgave. You know, without any conditions, I just forgave them. And But it wasn't just a casual, yeah, I forgive you. It wasn't like that. It really was a kind of a total, maximum emotional, physical effort to do this. And, and uh, yeah. So, uh, but I did it with sincerity and with force, and, and, and the magic happened after that. Well, the whole moment must have been magic because this, your, these words came through your therapist and out him. It was a force that was a, a spiritual force that was present. That yeah, without I would say, you know, created a whole. It's like creating a a portal of possibilities in that moment. Yeah, that, that's that, that that does. I think that's what happened. I mean, because he had no memory, no awareness of what what happened. That he didn't, didn't didn't recall anything, and uh, so I just dropped the subject with him. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was something came through him. A spiritual power came through him. There's no, no doubt about that. Mm, I would think so. So, um, so you're in this new life now, and you're discovering and, and learning about shamanism. For those who, who are listening, and well, you know, it's, it's a word that we're hearing a lot of lately, but I don't know if people really understand what a shaman is. What, how would you define shaman, Howard? Well, yeah, well, it, it's such, it's such, such a, um, 
uh, an item of good contentious discussion. You know, you see on Facebook all these people arguing this is a shaman, this is not a shaman, and so on. So there is there is the uh, there is the the academic um, uh, perspective. A shaman is somebody from a certain culture, certainly from the Siberian Northern Europe culture, who uh, who uh, who connects to the spirits. The spirits come through him, and he, and he can do his healing work, his divination work, and whatever. Uh, as a spirits of, of, of a kind of um, in partnership with with the shaman, and, it, and uh, typically it's hereditary, or or, or due to some life changing event, like a, like a near death or accident or something with severe illness. And although academically it's confined, the word comes from from the, the comes from Siberia, the Tungus people. Um, it's been now been adopted everywhere, and, and the purists are really upset about this. And you know, you're not a shaman, you're not this, you're not that, and. Uh, but you know everything changes. Everything is influenced by something else. And, and uh, technically speaking, the shamans in the Amazon rainforest are not really shamans in, from that perspective. I mean, they they operate the same way. They work through plants. They work with the plant uh, consciousness and so on. And the plant consciousness, they master the, the, the plants. And th- through their knowledge and wisdom with the plant, they're able to help people, such as things like ayahuasca and many other plants. But um, to me, a shaman is somebody who uh, who uh, Allows themselves. This is my personal view. You know, allows themselves to 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 connect to a higher order consciousness. You, know, you can call this a spirit. You can call this higher order consciousness. You can call this your own higher order consciousness. But the everyday person, there's another mind, another consciousness that that you are connected to, or, or, or becomes part of you, and so and you work from that different kind of level. And this is how I work. So. Um, and although I don't call myself a shaman, people call me call me a shaman, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to uh, get into the nitty gritty with everybody. You call me what you want, you know. But the the but you can call myself a healer, curandero, uh, uh, whatever. But uh, but uh, a shaman is somebody who I mean also a lot of animistic uh, aspects to this as well. The anim- and the animistic worldview, everything is alive, and that's that's you know we in the West see things as inorganic. Uh, devoid of life, but to an animist, to a shaman, everything is alive. It's not just some kind of a um, kind of cliche. It really is. And uh, and when you know this, when you work with this, you, you can really communicate with the the mind, the consciousness, the spirit of, of, of minerals, of stones, of crystals, of plants, uh, and with animals. So uh, it's, it's only the human uh, human hubris that we are the crown of creation. We're above all this kind of stuff. Um, that that is uh, kind of kind of taking it away from our, our our culture, but a lot of people, a lot of people, and we had this discussion before we started the, the show, um, are really being drawn to there is something other, there is something, there's a deeper meaning, there is there is something behind all this. What I'm being taught is not true. It's just a view that's been shown to me, taught to me from uh, as a young as a young child, uh, as fact. But it's really just a, just a perspective. Uh, and uh, I think people these days are now freer to, to explore their spiritual dimension. Um, uh, before it was all maintained by institutions, religions, and churches, and so on. And now, since the 1960s and 70s, there's been a huge, well, it's been growing actually, a move, movement towards more of a personal autonomy, personal spiritual autonomy, where people uh, are, are, are able and have the means and the and the and the, and the people there to show them and to help them to uh, discover this uh, deeper uh, awareness that everything is alive and from that perspective things are different you know it's, it's, it's fascinating 
It certainly is fascinating because um, there are other dimensions than just the one we experience with our five senses. And, um, you know, I think that's why people are so drawn to movies like The Matrix, which has been my favorite movie as well. It's like we're, we're emerging out of this one fabricated reality that we've been taught. You know, there are cultures that teach different perceptions of reality, you know, and, they, and, and those cultures can see things and feel things that our culture has taught us not part of our, our you know, our programming, so to speak. But, but um, there's so much more going on here than meets the eye, right, Howard? So um, that's what people are yearning for, and I think probably more than ever before. You know, just ask me about the shaman. I remember, like, in the 60s, everyone wanted to go to India to become gurus, right, yogis, gurus. So now everyone is really wanting to, you know, take on the shaman role. I see that anyway when I when I travel around in um, South America, Central America, or wherever I go. But because I, I just think there's, a, there's, there's ultimately a, 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 such a, a growing awareness that there, something's drawing us to wake up. I think drawing this to wake up. So, yeah, I, I don't know. What's sure. your thoughts about that? Well, yeah, well, um, there, there, is a, there is a shift. I mean, you can call it kind of a vibrational shift. Uh, I don't want to put it into geometric terms like 2D, 3D, 4D, 5D kind of things. But certainly, um, in my experience, in my experience, it's the, the shift is from a, a denser energetic vibration to a lighter energetic vibration. I think that's the best way. That's how I experience it, and not just with me, with me, but in general. And uh, and uh, and uh, people are much more open to 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 uh, to this. Of course, you know when you when when there's a big change, there's also opposition. There's also resistance. So the resistance is strong as well. Um, and uh, and so you can see how this is manifesting. It's manifesting in a polarization. Polarization um, for people who are much more material. Uh, orientated towards things, towards cars, clothes, and so on, and, 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 and objects of status, and to people who kind of moved away from that, people who are into, uh, into, into what, what is my life purpose? Why am I here? What can I do? Why, what is happening? You know? and, uh, and that shift will take generations, but it's taking place, and, and uh, you see the polarization now. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, I want us to continue on your on your journey and your story. So tell us about your experience that took you to Peru. Yeah, I, I, I was in Peru in in the nineties, in the, in the and uh, I just I heard about ayahuasca and and uh, and uh, the shamans, and I thought, yeah, I was drawn to it in some way. I thought it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I must do this kind of thing. I thought, yeah, this is something I feel drawn to. So. Uh, so uh, I started working with the with the shamans uh, in, 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 the, in the Amazon, and it was very beautiful. Uh, the ayahuasca ceremonies were, were, were very very powerful. It wasn't just the ayahuasca. I started to work with the plants, diet plants, because plants have certain qualities, certain attributes, and and, and uh, they can also open many many doors. They're not hallucinogenic, but they have very very powerful effect. That's called dieting, diet, you know, dieta, the plant dieta. And uh, and uh, and then in somewhere I think 1998, I, I, I kind of uh, although I, yeah obviously I had got into uh, ayahuasca 
literature, and the beautiful, and I've always been interested in art, by the way. So, when I picked up Ayahuasca Visions by Pablo Ringo, it was published in 1991. Uh, that really had a really beautiful effect, beautiful stories in there, and the paintings were very, very powerful. And my friend of mine, a colleague who worked, we did, we co-authored the, the, the Ayahuasca Visions of Pablo Ringo book, which came out in 2011. Um, one, one night, I think in 2005 or 2006, maybe, could be, um, I had an ayahuasca ceremony. In this ceremony, it was all visions and visions and visions of Pablo Moringo's motifs, his artwork. And I thought, wow. And in the middle of all this, um, uh, the voice, the ayahuasca said to me very clearly, Howard, do write a book about Pablo's latest work. Clear message. And when the ceremony ended, I thought, you know, I thought, wow. You know, so I sat with it for a day on my hammock just thinking about this. And, uh, and I thought, yes, I'm going to do it. So we went off to see Pablo after the retreat we were on was over. And uh, we, you know, I knew Pablo beforehand, by the way, so it wasn't a stranger. You know, we were friends. And uh, and uh, he, uh, we mentioned the idea, and his face lit up, and that's how it started. So I think I've, I've, I didn't really ask, answer your question, but um, I kind of moved on to another subject. But it's certainly changed, it certainly changed my life because working with Pablo, Pablo was a master in the true meaning of the word. And, uh, and, uh, and it's been a, it's not just his art, but his spiritual philosophy, spiritual wisdom have been very, very powerful uh, influences in my life, for sure. Well, tell us more about who Pablo Amaringo was and his, his gift. Um, which, uh, you know, beside being a visionary artist, based on his experiences, I would imagine, with ayahuasca journeying. Um, but he obviously was a really special human being. Um, oh, so, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, can you share a little bit more about who this man was? Well, I mean, I mean okay, he was one of the most great visionary artists, and he was a, kind of a... And, and uh, his paintings, his visions... Um, uh, he, well, he painted his visions. He was a shaman. He practiced as a very senior shaman. Um, and uh, he, he remembered his visions. And uh, he was able to paint them. But not just paint them, but as, in, as in imagery. Also, there was a deep spiritual uh, meaning and purpose behind it, all of his motifs and how he communicated. He was a master communicator of the Iowas uh, experience. And, uh, and, uh, and, he, and his paintings uh, opened kind of a... Or a doorway to the worlds of ayahuasca, um, and the, and the other thing is this: it's, it's kind of Pablo's rich paintings. They embodied the mythological world of the Amazonian peoples, but contained, and this is really important for Pablo, his ecological message and spiritual message and ecological message. Message, and uh, and he retired as a shaman for, because he was too good at his job, and all the bad guys, the brujos and the Echirios, whose victims he was healing, they turned on Pablo, and the one got to a stage, Pablo said, well, I've had enough of this, you know, and, uh, and uh, so he retired as a, as a practicing shaman uh, back in the 70s, and became a full-time artist and teacher at his school in Pocalpa in Peru, the Uskaya school, and, uh, and over the years, Pablo's main reason for his artwork, to sell his artwork, to, 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 to do so, was to fund the school, and it wasn't just teaching children uh, artwork, it was teaching people, children, spiritual uh, values, it was teaching philosophy, it was teaching them languages. Uh, it, it became his number one 
purpose was to, to teach children. And the school is still going. It's, it's, it's beautiful. His, uh, his grandsons are now running the school, and his son is, is, is participating in this, in this thing. So uh, uh, a couple of former students are working there. And it's fascinating how many people have been helped by Pablo. There's a really some, a whole bunch of really good visionary artists who would have had no career, no, no life, really, uh, maybe a taxi driver or something, a motor car driver, uh, some of them were, and now they're, 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 they're internationally re recognized artists and so on. So, and, uh, and people learn, learn mathematics, languages, and they, they wanted to further education. So Pablo's reason Everything was to teach, teach children, help children. And uh, we also opened the door to many Westerners, for many, many Westerners. And I would say, in some respect, Pablo shaped the, 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 the ayahuasca experience for many Westerners. And uh, so, yeah, he was, a, he was a master. Just being with him, felt, he felt beautiful. He, I used to go away. I was living in Peru at the time. I used to go fly back to Lima. And, uh, and I just like, felt like I was walking on cloud nine, just being with him. And... Uh, he was such a beautiful man, and he had so much wisdom, and uh, it's been a huge inspiration in my life. And that's and the book, the Ayahuasca Visions of Pablo Rigo, uh, in 2011, which I co-authored with 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 uh, Peter Clausley, is is, is 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 such a gorgeous book. I mean, it's got huge, massive book, it like weighs two kilos, and uh, and uh, and just got some beautiful artwork in it, and Pablo's stories, and Pablo's stories are incredible. His wisdom's beautiful, and a lot of that. Some of the stories he told me, which didn't come in the Ayahuasca Visions book, I managed to kind of, uh, kind of weave in the ancient oracle. So that's a very beautiful thing. Well, and we're going to talk about that in a second. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm actually looking at, um, I just Googled Pablo Amaringo, and his paintings are so extraordinary. I, I would imagine he's a self-taught artist. Excuse me. Was yeah, he, he was, was he self -taught. Yeah. I mean, if anyone just, you know, wants to do a search on Pablo Amaringo and look at his work, it's 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 mind boggling. I mean, the the beauty, the details, these other worlds that he was bringing back from his experiences are, are absolutely I mean, you get lost in them. It's like entering <laughs> Alice through the looking glass and just go into other realities. Yeah, I mean, Pablo was uh, not just a skilled artist. He was so skilled, he could paint by hand a banknote. That's how, that's how, and he got into trouble with that, by the way, uh, many, many years ago. He's, he, people said, oh, can you paint me a hundred solid note? Yeah, he painted a hundred solid <laughs> note. And, uh, and, and people were, were using it, of course, uh, eventually when they found out where it was coming from, uh, he had a visit by, by the authorities and he stopped. But, uh, but um that's how good he was. You can imagine how complex these, these banknotes are, and he could paint it by hand. He, he makes, you, makes you wonder, doesn't it? Well, it does. You know, I guess I, I, I just would assume that he had access to, you know, to such, you know, to, to other dimensions that were guiding him or or, or um, moving through him. I, I recently interviewed a man named Peter Sterling, and he had very profound spiritual experience in the desert in New Mexico, where these angels came to him and said, "You need to, you need to play the harp." He didn't know how to play the harp; never played the harp. He says, "They said it doesn't matter. We will play it through you." Yeah. And he yeah. has won international awards with his music that are that's all 
kind of orchestrated literally <laughs> by the angels playing through him. So it just, I mean, someone has, has just has a, uh, you know, I look at his paintings and you know he's bringing through amazing healing energies and frequencies. There's no question about it. Pablo, Pablo um, was present in both present in both realities at the same time. That's what's beautiful about this. It was like a, yeah. what they call these days, like a, a medium, a channel, but that was, he was there mm-hmm. in this reality, in that reality. So uh, it was, as I said, it was just a, uh, it was a, a delight, a delightful experience just to be with him, you know, because he, what a, what a, what a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, what a yeah. blessing to have a master like that in your life. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. I, 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 was, was he a Shipibo Indian? No, he wasn't. No, 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 no. But he lived in Pokapa, and so there's a massive Shibibo. There's a big Shibibo community not far from Pokapa in the in 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 the in the Ukiyari department department. You know where Pokapa is. There's a big some big Shibibo communities. So they're they're part of the fabric and texture of of of, of that world. Because you know you know when. when when I've been to Peru in just a you know, short time in the Andes with the shaman, uh, a Quechua um, shaman, you know, it's like these are such um, uh, dedicated, dedicated beings to their spiritual purpose in life, which is to really uplift and transform and heal and connect people to their, to, to these other dimensions, to themselves, uh, you know, it's, it's it's, uh, it's powerful, powerful, and work that you know has great responsibility, which is why a lot of people see the glamour of shamanism. <laughs> but it's huge responsibility, a huge responsibility, and I'm sure you know that because you facilitate these types yeah. of experiences. Yeah. Some of the some of the some of the, some of the many of the shamans uh, are are uh, very humble in spirit, very humble, very simple people. Um, and, and and they're kind of dedicated, uh, although they're not sophisticated like uh, us in the West and so on, and uh, um, they have trouble operating uh, a modern computer device or phone or something. They, they they have a different kind of wisdom, and part of this, this wisdom is that, that they know that people are coming to them from the West for for for, for help, for, for 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 a shift, for for the healing. And they do this with great dedication and great and in and, 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 and great humility. And it's, and it's such a beautiful thing to uh, to um, to uh, to witness. And of course, you know, um, you know, uh, when you ask them, no, why, 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 why are you kind of working with all these Westerners and so on? And they, and they often say, well, this is what I have to do because this is what the, the spirit has told me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness they let us receive this uh, sacred knowledge that they have. Yeah, um, they're, they're sharing it, yeah. And and, and uh, I think it's important to recognize that they're sharing the, 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 their wisdom and their knowledge uh, to help us. And, and, and so we, that should be respected and not, not kind of appropriated as, as, as people do. You know, I want to be a shaman, I get the shaman kind of cape and hat and so on. Yeah, I'm a shaman. But no, um, these guys do it because it's in their cultures and it's in their life, it's who they are, what they do. And uh, I think a lot of, I think we need to really respect that uh, much more. Oh, absolutely. So can I, can I, if we just move along a bit, um, well, I'm curious to know what was it that brought you on your journey 
to Romania. What what is it about Romania that has been the place that you've kind of landed and settled in and do your work in? Well, you know, I became a kind of a kind of a vagabond in 2008. I lived in Peru, lived in the States, and so on. And uh, anyway, I had to leave the States because they, they, they told me to go, basically. And um, <laughs> came back to uh, came back to England, and uh, and uh, it's, 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 it's the small things which really, really, you know, can have a huge effect. And and the uh, in 2012, the Olympic Games were coming to London. And I thought I don't want to be here. You know, a million people coming here. They got the kind of aircraft carriers and battleships on the rivers. They've got anti-terrorist missiles here. There'll be hundreds of thousands of people coming here. I just don't want to be here. You know, I, you know I'm not interested. I don't want to be here. So where shall I go? Ah, oh, I mean, it popped up. And uh, I know I've, I've been here before. I used to do workshops. Uh, in, in, you have friends that did workshops in Romania back in the early 2000s. And so I, I went there and uh, and uh, I was made very, very welcome. And uh, I'll go into the details, but I was made very welcome. And... Uh, and uh, then uh, I was at this, uh, I was in the countryside, very beautiful, and no television, nothing, and uh, no radio, so I didn't have any, the, the Olympic Games could be in another planet, so to speak. <laughs> and I was, in, I was on my hammock uh, by a river in the mountains, very beautiful, and someone said, hey, let's um, basically go to Brashoff, and I'll, I'll, take, I'll give you a lift back to Brashoff. I thought, yeah, why not? So I came to Brashoff, where I live now, and uh, beautiful city. It's in the mountains. It's surrounded by mountains and forests. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. I was walking around the centre, in the central, the old square. I'm thinking, this is really nice. Why don't I come and live here? And boom, that was it. And um, and, and and so I go back to London, pack up my bags. Uh, no, it's right. First, I found a place to live. Yeah. So I, I look at a few places to to, to rent. And uh, the place I really liked was is a is on the mountain, beautiful views. And the son of the owner who's showing me around. He had read my books. He knew who I was, and he said, oh, "Please come and live here." I thought, "Well, I can't get I can't get a better sign than that, you know." And um, I'm still here, and um, and so everything everything was like a red carpet was laid out, and uh, my work around is 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 well received, very well received. I, I do a lot of work here, uh, made a lot of good connections, a lot, a lot of good friends, and uh, and uh, certainly uh, 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 my work is is held in very good regard. And um, what can I say? And it's, Romania's been very good to me. It's a very beautiful country. It's, it's, uh, it's a big country, and there's not a big population. There's like, uh, I think, 20 million of population. And, and uh, a lot of space. It's very beautiful. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I like the people. I, 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 like, I like the countryside. And uh, so that's how I came here. It was just one of those things... You know, uh, the, the Olympic Games was the. I was living in London. I didn't really enjoy living in London, by the way. I was, I was living in the in the Redwood Forest up in Northern California. So going to London was a bit of a shock. And coming to Romania, he's given me that living in the mountains, forest kind of vibe, which I like. It sounds like it's very pristine energy there. Yeah, yeah. That's no, very special yeah, place. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. Like. I get a sense of that. So, um, I want I want you to talk about this um, new deck that you've created. You've written you've written um, several books. You know, the Accidental Shaman. You've written books about Pablo Marengo, and all of a sudden, now you've created this incredible Amazonian angel oracle deck, working with yeah. angels, divas, and plant spirits. So, h- how did this come about? 
Well, um, yeah, back in uh, 2014 or 15, I was visiting Pablo's family, and, and his son was showing me some, some sketches and some drawings of of, uh, of, of, of of celestial beings and angels and so on. And I haven't, you know, some of them are recognised because some of these, these these angels are featuring, you know, as a part component of Pablo's paintings. And so I was looking through this, and this is really nice, some really fantastic. Wouldn't it be a good, nice thing to do to think about angels, you know? I, and, and although the, the original artwork was more like sketches and, and, and drawings, it wasn't something you could use, but it really inspired me. And um, so um, when I get back home, back, yeah, back in Romania, I made a few, a few, a few sketches. I had a, a, an artist, graphic designer, you know, do them. So, and I wrote a few narratives and so on and then nothing happened because I just went off somewhere and did my thing and travelling and whatever and so, so I sat in a box on a shelf in my, in my, in my workroom, studio workroom and, um, and then came the pandemic you know? and, and uh, I, I was in Peru at the time when it, when, it, when it hit I knew I had to get back it took me three extra tickets you know, to three extra, different extra flights to get back home and I got back just in time. I, 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 I escaped from each country just before the day or the day or the day or two before the lockdown came. You couldn't travel. People were stuck in Peru for months. It was, it was, it was heavy duty. They were, they were like in, in compounds with security guards. They couldn't leave. And uh, I managed to go back to Romania. I had to stay uh, in quarantine 14 days. I signed a document at the frontier with the police. I'll, I'll stay. I'll self-isolate. So okay, I did that. I mean, it was it was great. I had to get food delivered and things. So that I, I, I was very, I was very happy to be home anyway. But okay, cut long story short. Um, uh, I was I was thinking, how long is this pandemic lockdown going to last? You know, and uh, when will my life get back to normal? So I did a shamanic journey, a divination journey, and I was shown uh, my life get back to normal October 2021. Now. I'm, look, I'm, I'm here. I am in March 2020. So that's that's uh, that's like 18 months. I thought, oh my god, 18 months. This is going to be insane. What am I going to do? I've got to do something, you know. And, uh, and that night, I had a dream. And in this dream, this uh, incorporeal being, full of light and beautiful glowing particles, appeared and said to me, Howard, now's the time to do it. Do it. And I and I knew exactly what he meant. It was the angel oracle. So the next morning, I went to the shelf, opened the box, and dusted off my notes and things. I started from there. So it was beautiful. I found the artist to work with. We worked totally on Zoom um, uh, and Skype. So uh, I was you know, talking about the angels. I was showing them what they were doing, where they were from, what they were like. I did a few basic, very simple sketches, and they, they really, Karina was the, 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 the graphic design um, of the angels and the graphic design, the image or the file went to Ale Alexandru in Bucharest, and and he he did all this painstaking coloring, colorization. So it w and it became for them a, a, a labor of love. It was just a job in the beginning, but they really got into it, and they really it really was for them transformative as well. So uh, so I was working with two, two artists, and uh, and. Um, and uh, and, I, and I was doing the writing, and, and I was inspired. And remember many of Pablo's anecdotes, which I remembered, had notes of them. Uh, I could weave in There's some beautiful stories in here. I'm so, very delighted. So yeah, it it, it came because of the pandemic. It would have sat in the box, um, on the shelf, 
for, for maybe forever. But uh, I had the time, I had the space, and, and this was a beautiful thing. It was inspirational, it was beautiful, it was sublime to do this. So I'm very, very, uh, very happy, and, and the work is very beautiful. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and I know Pablo would, would be really, really happy and, and, and uh, uh, with, with this work. It really honors him, it honors the Amazonian, the Andean traditions. And, uh, and for me, it was also a transformational experience as well, because, for example, uh, okay, today I started writing about the Angel of Peace, who is a very beautiful lady, Shibibo lady, she's a very beautiful, the card number 22, very, very beautiful. And all I'm writing about is death, killing, holocaust, murder, everything, you know. And, uh, and, and okay, and the next day, okay, you've got that out of your system, now write about peace. So everything... I had to write about. I had to go into the darker bits in me to 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 process that before I could write about the the the, the light, shall we say? It was a yeah a profound experience for me as well. You know, as you described it. By the way, I, I just have to really compliment and acknowledge you. It's it's a magnificent deck, Howard. The the paintings yeah. are just incredible bringing these um these angels these spiritual beings from um the amazon is it also is it is it the amazon as only or does it come from like andes as well that culture Uh, from everywhere because pablo was very eclectic i mean i mean he 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 would bring in he had bring in oriental princes and, and 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 so on and 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 kings and queens, and I mean, these are celestial <laughs> kings and queens, obviously. But uh, there would there would be from all over the world, all over all over all, all, all cultures and so on. And uh, ancient ancient Egyptian, uh, uh, Sumerian, you know, a beautiful painting about a Sumerian uh, goddess. Um, and uh, and because uh, he saw these 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 universal forces, these are celestial beings which have transmitted and inspired humanity. So even aliens, extraterrestrials, everything. So everything, everything converges, everything comes together with Pablo's art. And it's not just about the Amazon. It's not just about the Andes. Uh, it, it's very, very eclectic. So I had this eclectic uh, spectrum to work with. So it's like all these universal energies and beings uh, came through <laughs> and yeah. had their representation in this deck. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And when I was writing, and I and I, and I wrote something, I thought, God, that's really good. You know, I mean, how did I write that? I was I I was kind of uh, amazed by some of the some of the what I was writing too. I thought well, that's brilliant, you know. And 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 uh, normally you don't think that, but uh, but uh, I was quite surprised by how eloquent, how beautiful some of the words were coming through. So yeah, I was kind of bringing it through in a word level as well. And, you know, and, and because this is like a um, it's, it's part of your spiritual mission, I would say, right? And the fact that you got that voice that said, Howard, <laughs> it's time. Yeah. You obviously have had a lot of help behind the scenes, behind the wings, so to speak, hey, hey. that are guiding you to bring this frequency, these energies, this healing into the world, bursting yeah. it into this dimension at this time, because it's part of a process of of supporting uh, the shift that's happening. 
Yeah, I, I can say that, but, but please don't, please don't get the idea that I'm, I'm, I'm highly evolved and spiritual and all these things because I was taught on the early days. <laughs> no, I was taught. No. Oh, please don't I, get, I, don't, I, don't go I, down I, that road. I, I was taught I, like you teach a, like, like you, like you train a donkey. No, a donkey, you know, the carrot and the stick. That's how I was, I, I was taught back in the day. You know, when I had a negative, harm, angry thought about something, I got a bang on my head. Bam! Oh, that really hurt. Oh, well, you know. And it took a bit of time to clear the pain, you know. And I have a nice, harmonious, <laughs> benevolent thought. And this beautiful glow in me, you know. Eventually, I had to kind of, uh, I put a policeman in my head to, to, to stop any negative energies, thoughts going out. And, uh, okay, that kind of, kind of got incorporated. But, but, um, uh, but yeah, I really had to, I really, I was trained like you train a donkey. So uh, it wasn't all <laughs> called light, light and love, you know, it was bang on the head, you know. So, yeah, I, I learned the hard yeah. way and it, and it hurt. You know? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we need to keep you humble. That's true. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, so Howard, um, how can people uh, learn more about the deck? How can they purchase their own deck? And if people have been into using um, a, a tarot deck and um, you're familiar with different ways to get the messages because that's the purpose of these decks is to use them to receive, you know, it's like connecting with your inner knowingness or maybe opening to yeah. other energies inside you in times of need um, or just to, you know, inspire you on a daily basis. So, what um, what what would people where would people need to go? How would they uh, find out more about this beautiful uh, Amazonian angel oral or oracle deck that you have created? Thank you. I, I've got details about this 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 and the uh, the other the other books um, on my website uh, com. And they can check out. They've got pictures of the angels and, and, and summary narratives, and, and also more about Pablo Ringo, his work, and connection links to my artwork and other books and so on. So it's a very, very kind of a. Uh, I think it's a kind of an informative and very beautifully designed, with lots of pictures and color and art website. So that's hgcharing.com. Um, and uh, I forgot the other part of the question. What was the other part of the question? Oh no! It was it was really how to access and to learn more about your your work, your books, to get the deck. Yeah, yeah, that's that. But I I also want to ask um, before we have to kind of bring this wonderful conversation to an end. Are are you doing programs in either in Romania or are you traveling? Do you have a schedule? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I have a workshop program, and that, that's that's on the website. Link link to the workshops and so on uh, from the website. Yeah. And when you do your your workshops and you do the the uh, the experiences, are you do are you working with plant medicine in those ceremonies in those workshops? Uh, no, because, because that that would uh, that would uh, kind of uh, kind of kind of cross the line. Certainly, hallucinogenic medicines uh, is illegal, and I wouldn't. So, it wouldn't be a safe, secure setting, as people mm -hmm. have experienced the insecurity and the problems with the authorities. No, I, I don't do that in, in Europe, and uh, and because uh, uh, it has to be 100% secure, 100% safe. I don't know people do ayahuasca ceremonies in Europe, but unless they do it on the low down, very very quiet, uh, uh, they're. they're, they're, they're themselves, they're exposing themselves. Uh, 
I, I prefer to, maybe I'm old fashioned, I prefer going to the Amazon to do it where it's home there, where it's, where it's safe, where it's secure, and it's part of the, the culture. Yeah. Well, um, if people want to learn more about Howard's work, it's how hgcharring.com. Learn about all of the amazing creations, tools, programs that Howard has brought into this world. So, Howard, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you all the way from beautiful Romania. Um, just many blessings to you on this wonderful journey and the wonderful work that you're doing at this thank time. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Thank, thank you. It's very kind of you to say that. And thank you for inviting me to your show. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Um, I'm so happy we've had this conversation. It's been a uh, real joy. And um, because we're at the end of the show, I want to thank everyone for listening, tuning in, come back every week. Great conversations, inspirational, uplifting, transforming, the only way to go. <laughs> and until next week, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.